Mark Topkin is standing uh, standing by from beautiful Port Charlotte, Florida. And Mark, I say happy Valentine's Day to you and Susan. I mean, I don't know what well, you're you're working now. You're away from home. It's <laughs> were you able to make sure Susan was okay for Valentine's Day? Ronnie, I did did a little slide trick. You probably do. I like left the card like in her nightstand the other day before I headed down here, and then told her this morning to take a look for it. So I had the bases covered. Yeah, you're a pro at this, man. You've been covering the race since their existence in 1998. So you're used to being away for some of these holidays. But let's get right to the race. You heard. Uh, the skipper talking about Caballero. Was it Neander? Was it Neander talking about Caballero? Caballero, yeah, yeah. uh, you and I had talked about Caballero earlier this spring, but, uh, just tell us a little bit more about him. What, what he's there. I'm sure it, uh, well, what are the players and rest of the players getting in? I know pitchers and catchers are in right now. Yeah, pitchers and catchers uh, were all due in by yesterday. They all worked out today. There were about 47,000 of them. Now, 40, I think it was 45, <laughs> uh, 38 pitchers and seven catchers, plus literally there's like 100 raised staffers. It's amazing. Like They have people that just like watching everything, doing everything. It's it's pretty impressive operation. Uh, but, yeah, some position players are here. Uh, some are still to come. Their first workout, they have uh, – it's kind of a busy weekend. They have Fan Fest on Saturday. They've got photo day down here starting at like 7 or 8 a.m. on Sunday, and then the first full squad workout is Monday. Uh, so everybody should be here by then. Well, everyone except number five, but everybody should be here by then. Uh, and I, I do think – I think Caballero actually was in today. I didn't have a chance to talk to him, but definitely a key piece of this, at least to start the season. Like you alluded to, Neander played that clip. He said it yesterday at the press conference. Uh, and, and Cash said as much too. They, you know, they kind of expect him to, you know, win this shortstop job. I'm not even sure how much of a competition it is. They expect him to be their shortstop on opening day. Uh, that's probably not the greatest news if you're in the Slavis Basabe family or the Junior Caminero family. But uh, it sounds like that's the way they're going to go. Wall said he's doing fine, but you know, it, it's one of those and you, until you do each level of the rehab, you don't know when you get to do the next one. But he said probably the smart guess is sometime, you know, two, three weeks after opening day or maybe a little behind. So, you know, we'll see what happens later. And I, I know we all in the media get caught up in snapshot in that opening day roster. But, you know, that's a significant thing to make one. And I think Caballero will be your shortstop on opening day against Toronto. Okay, there's really not much to update on Wander Franco. Is there? But if there is, you can tell us about it. But uh, as far as I know, there's not much more to update people on. Yeah, I think now it's just a matter of, you know, he's he's not expected to be at spring training. I mean, he's technically on the roster. I don't think there's any scenario where you're going to see him strolling a camp here anytime soon. I would assume that, you know, at some point either during one of these roster report days or maybe by, well, certainly I would think by opening day, if the legal system in the Dominican Republic is not uh, resolved yet, and that seems to be moving at a, at a slow pace, I would expect Wander would be you know, somehow made not eligible anymore for kind of like he was last time. He would go on the restricted list or he would go on the administrative leave list or something. I don't think you'll see him play until there's resolution in the Dominican Republic. So whether that's you know, one month, two months, three months, six months, if he does end up facing charges and goes to trial, if found guilty and there was jail time, obviously that would extend this even longer. But I, I don't think... Uh, from what we've heard so far, that you're you're going to hear any you know hear anything about Wander Franco coming to camp. I don't think there's anything new. I know we have a story in the Tampa Bay Times that he's changed legal counsel for at least the second time 
uh, since this has all happened. But as far as his availability, I don't think anything has changed. You're absolutely right. Neander said as much yesterday, paraphrasing him. They're focused on the players who are in camp and healthy. Mark Topkin, who covers the Rays on a daily basis, joining us here on the Ronnie and T-Crash Show on the Central Florida Behavioral Health Network, DA Hotline. Mark, let's talk about, uh, let's see, uh, at shortstop Carson Williams, I believe that is their, what, second prospect? The Rays' uh, number two prospect in camp. He could possibly play some shortstop? Yeah, I mean, he is a shortstop. He's really good defensively. He's a really good athlete. He swings and misses still a little too much. He's still pretty much, you know, just played A ball. He got a little bit of, I think he actually went to triple A for like a week last year, just for some logistical reasons. They had a couple injuries, but he's still a couple years away. Uh, Junior Caminero is probably a more interesting scenario. I mentioned that name before. Uh, he is considered the Rays' top prospect, and almost every one of the national experts has him in their top three. You know, he's three, four somewhere, maybe five on some of the lists. So, He's also only 20 and has only played like 81 games above uh, Class A. He was a double-A last year. Remember, he got called up toward the end, uh, and he got an opportunity to play the last week of the season, and he was on the playoff roster. It seems like the feeling is he needs more time in the minors. You know, no one has come out and specifically said that, but if you want to read you know, fairly easily between the lines of Neander saying yesterday that you know they would expect Caballero to win the shortstop job, and if that's the result, they'd be happy with that. I think that makes it clear that Caminero is not going to be that guy. Uh, but look, six weeks of spring training sometimes yields interesting and unforeseen things, whether you know there was an injury somewhere else or Caballero or Caminero just showed so well that they decided, hey, you're like the next Ronnie Lane. You're going to be our star and be here for 20 years. Well, I don't know about all of that, but uh, we'll move on from shortstop, man. And catching is another position that I think most are concerned about, probably the raising up, because they've got a plan that we don't know about. But, you know, as far as catching goes, I only saw two catchers on the 40-man roster, and one was, uh, you know, the non-roster. Inv- well, I guess he wasn't on the roster. Alex Jackson is the other guy I saw on there. So what's the catching situation like? Appreciate the plug, man. I'm writing about that for tomorrow's Tampa Bay Times, so it should be up on uh, TampaBay.com here in a couple hours if I ever get finished. But uh, I believe the answer to your catching question is two simple words. Rene Pinto, they are uh, attaching their wagon to him, as you want to put it that way. He is going to be their guy. Uh, Cash and Neander both spoke about him uh, in glowing terms yesterday, talked to some pitchers today. Doesn't have a ton of time in the big leagues, hasn't been particularly good when he's been there, but... Uh, impressed them at the end last season. Uh, he's pretty young. He's pretty athletic. He has shown some power. So I think you're going to see him be the guy. I mean, he's not going to catch 140 games or anything, but this could be the year they kind of get away from, you know, they kind of split it in the past. Uh, he might be a 100, 100-plus game guy, and they're going to give him some, some runway, they like to call it, and let him go play. I mean, here, here's one thing to think about with, a guy whose overall numbers last year, you know, you say, okay, so, so, 252, six homers, 16 RBIs, a low, an OPS in the low 700s. But he hit six homers in 38 games, and you and I both know we're not good at math, Ronnie, but you <laughs> multiply that out, that's like a 25-homer pace for the season. You know, and you do the same – uh, with the RBIs, and you're looking at 65, 70 RBIs, if you can do that with a 250 average and a 700-plus OPS and be a good defensive catcher, which he is, 
you're like in Ray's superstar material. I mean, they, they love that from a catcher. They've gotten by with, with guys who've done a lot less than that offensively because they put so much focus on the defense. So I think he's going to be your guy. I mean, Alex Jackson is a very good chance to be the other guy. Uh, they'll keep their eyes open. They're going to, they need a veteran guy to have at Durham. They've got one on that minor league roster side, Rob Brantley. They've got some young guys that they like that are still working their way up. So you probably see them sign another guy during the spring. Does that guy join Pinto in the big leagues, or does he go to AAA and wait for the injury that usually tends to happen to catchers? We'll, we'll see. But I, I do think as we sit here today, uh, they are definitely committed to Renee Pinto as their main catcher. All right, let's move on to starting pitching. It looks like the ace is back, Zach Eflin. Of course, McClanahan's going to be rehabbing for the entire year. And also, Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs are not expected back until later. And Shane Boz, I don't know what's going to happen there with him, but uh, I know they're trying to work him in. But the guys that they have here for sure, Zach Eflin, Aaron Savali, Zach Littell, and then I'm reading you. I'm looking at your article right here. Ryan Papio, the guy they got from the Dodgers in the Glassnow deal. And, of course, uh, Taj Bradley, uh, the kid who came up last year. He was a bit inconsistent. But that's pretty much going to be it for your starters right now, right? Well, I, I think what I'd say, uh, Ronnie, is this. is Pause after you got to Littell. I think you're pretty, they're pretty <laughs> locked in on Eflin, Savali, and Littell. And then I think this is one of those springs where they're going out of their way to say it's not a competition. They're going out of their way to say they're not going to look at the stat lines and the game results, but they, they kind of are because they need to know our Pepio and Bradley, who are both guys who have some limited big league time, not a ton, have had some mixed results. Like, are they both ready to step in there and just take a spot from the start of the year and, and be good with that? Or are they guys that would benefit from going to the minors for a little while? Like, where are they? And, uh, obviously, you've got to have options. There's no, like, automatic option, but we actually talked with him today. Uh, interesting story. He was a three-time All-Star over there. Wanted to come over here and felt like the Rays were the team, given their past success with pitchers overall, that could really help him adapt to the style here and be really good. So he'll be an option if they wanted to go that direction, if one of those two young kids isn't ready. Uh, they've got a guy in the minor league system, a lefty, Jacob Lopez, who was up toward the end last year. They've got another guy they re-signed or signed who had been with Toronto a few years ago uh, and actually was also pitching in Japan last year, uh, Jacob Wagesback. And then they've got a couple of relievers that they're going to test out this spring and see if they can do what we'll now call the Zach Littell, uh, going from reliever to starter without really that being planned for you in Chris Davinsky and Tyler Alexander, a lefty. Uh, who they got from Detroit. That's significant because as they're set up right now, they have no lefties. Lopez doesn't look like he'll make the team, so I had a camp, certainly. So, you know, there's no lefties. It's an all right-handed rotation. So how Alexander does this spring, that could also present another option. So we'll, we'll see, but I think those first three are pretty locked in, uh, barring injury. And then I think the other two, that's kind of how they want it to go, be Pepio and Bradley, but if those guys don't look like they're ready – or Uasawa wows them in spring. They may just go another direction and send one or both of those kids down. All right, let's talk about some of the position players. Uh, you know, the one that I think I'm most interested in is Johnny DeLuca that came over in the Glass Now trade. Where, where do they have him slotted? He's going to kind of become uh, the new Manuel Margot. And Manuel Margot, over much of last season, was kind of the fourth outfielder, right? Filling in center, filling in right, filling in left. 
he kind of lost his stature as a starting player. They're pretty good right now with a group that has Randy Rosarena, Zahone, Jose Siri, and Josh Lowe. That's a, a pretty good outfield. I'm, you know, haven't got into this yet, but that may be a story later this spring over like who else has as good of an outfield as they do. Because that's pretty talented when you, especially with what Josh Lowe did last year. Uh, so I think you'll see DeLuca as that backup. He can play all three spots. He's athletic. He hustles. Um, that's a pretty good option. They could then, if they trade Harold Ramirez, uh, you could see Richie Palacios, the guy they got from St. Louis for Kittredge and trade, replacing Luke Rayleigh, essentially. Uh, be that fifth guy. If they don't trade Harold, he'll be that fifth guy, obviously limited defensively. Uh, but I, I think they're pretty happy and pretty confident in what those top three guys are going to do. Finally, uh, in the bullpen, Phil Maton, did I say his name correct, came over from Houston. I mean, he's a, they, I think he's a free agent. They signed him uh, from Houston, Phil Maton. What does he bring to the bullpen? He brings some experience, which is probably a good thing. I mean, they, they're still pretty good over there. They're pretty thick. They lost Bob Stevenson, who did so well for them after being acquired from Pittsburgh uh, midseason, or actually in June. Uh, and they let um, Jake Diekman, the lefty, go, but they got Garrett Clevenger back, who was pretty good last year until he blew out his knee. So it's a pretty good bullpen. But Mayton gives them a guy who's been there, done that, pitching a bunch of different roles. I think the only role that you're going to see assigned is that Fairbanks is going to be the closer again. But you could see Jason Adam, Mayton, Sean Armstrong, uh, Chris Davinsky, like I said, is back. And if he doesn't get pushed into some type of starter long relief role, he'll be another guy. So they've got some pretty good leverage arms on the right side, and then they've got Pochet and Clevenger and maybe Tyler Alexander from the left side. So they feel pretty good about that bullpen. Um, and look, like anything else, the depth is always an issue, but they'll be their usual group of guys at AAA that we won't have heard of and won't write much about or talk much about this spring. And some guy will get called up in May and, and like throw zeros against you know the Yankees or the Orioles or the Astros or something. All right, he is Mark Topkin, a busy man. If you want to know what's going on with the Rays, he's the guy to read at TampaBay.com or in the Tampa Bay Times. Mark, we appreciate it, man. Have a good dinner tonight down there in Port Charlotte. All right, buddy. I'm going to drop your name. That'll probably get me a discount, right? <laughs> you had to get you thrown out of a restaurant. <laughs> All right, Ronnie. Take care. And my, my condolences to Kraz. You got it, man.